This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the companion podcast to Dice Over Everything, where we choose a bunch of topics and talk about them for as long as the dice decide. All right, so now that we're gathered here, I guess the first question is, how much hobbying have you been doing and what have you been doing for the hobby in the last week? All right, here's One minute. Crack. All right, so hopefully the dice the dice is predicting fairly little, is it? Is it right? Yep. Uh, all right, so what have I been doing? Good, because you know what? I haven't actually been doing that much this week. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Teamfight Tactics, because a new season of it came out, and I just played that all the time. And you got to get your level back up to Platinum or whatever whatever they do? <sighs> I gave up. I'm like, oh my god, I'm starting to play too much, and now I'm getting tired, and then I dropped the rank, and I'm like, oh my god, I do not want to do this. The, 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 the ranking system, where you have to like, you know, win, you'd be on... You know, win a little bit at least, right? Because you mm-hmm. rank out of eight and you, you do top four. Yeah. Uh, it's terrible and it totally works on me. I'm so glad that we don't do uh, super competitive ministry gaming anymore. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get into that into our next podcast about what we've yeah, been doing. I, yeah, I have done a bunch of other stuff, but why don't you talk since we only have one minute? Sure. I've just been painting up a few more Infinity things for my Ikari army, which is kind of like an offshoot of the Japanese army. Where, I thought you finished it. No, I finished base coating everything and highlighting and mm-hmm. shading, but I left all the black lining and edge highlighting to the end because I'm like, uh, well, I only need to do one black lining or one edge highlighting on everything. Mm-hmm. So when you've got like the joints between everything, I'm like, oh, I'll just pick one color or the other color and use it in this gap rather than be like, well, maybe I need to do it with both colors or being confused about it. Anyways, I, mean, I decided to leave that whole thing to the end for a bunch of miniatures. Oh, okay. So are you done, or are you still working on it? No, I'm still working on it, because I haven't put in that much time. Oh. Wait, did you get new Ikari models? No, they're from Tag Raid, the Kickstarter they put oh, out. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So you had your old set that you're done, and then you're adding a bunch of stuff. Yes. That's that, I, that makes more sense. That I planned to add two years ago when the <laughs> Kickstarter came out. You know, and now it's finally come. No, that makes sense. Yes. All Not right. Much. It wasn't sitting around because of me for once. All right, I'll go for, for you're, another you're question. Anyways, go yeah. for another All right. question. Or you got yeah, one? go for a question, a real question. All right, just from the usual Facebook scrolling, I notice a lot of people try and sell like lots. It's their entire collection of one army, and nobody ever seems to go for them. So clearly they must be doing something wrong. So I'm thinking, what do you think is the right size of lot to sell miniatures from an army in? <laughs> uh okay five minutes okay mm-hmm. so what so you're not actually asking really though like like that's almost incidental for reselling it's actually what is the perfect size of a, a like a large bundle that you could sell to people because i think yeah in my opinion it's basically the same if you are selling the size bundle for uh like brand new and you're the company or if you're buying it secondhand okay. so i will say that's true so you think it's oh. ret- yeah. So you're thinking so. that basically, you should never try to sell lots of your miniatures in lots that are bigger than the game maker ever bothers to sell because they kind of know their product, and if they think there's like a battle box they're gonna sell and people will buy and like a price range for it um, and like a certain selection of miniatures or no, but 
the base it's basically the same kind of thinking where the 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 miniature game sellers have a small lot and then as your game gets uh bigger and uh more uh what do you call it more entrenched or 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 has its dedication of fans then you can start selling army boxes right and then once you get even bigger then you can have like super mega bundles for example if you look at infinity uh they started off selling what six man six man groups right and which is half an army basically right Mm -hmm. and you know it, it was kind of the same thing with war machine with their battle group Right, that's supposed to be like half your army originally until they made the game way bigger. But yeah, it originally they, was, yeah. Yeah, because that's one of the more expensive point miniatures in those boxes. Yeah, so I think that's that was a good starting thing. But then as they got larger, right, uh, they started selling full armies, right, and okay. then Infinity got even larger, larger, and now it had an entire collection, right? Now it has an entire collection sale for each yeah. of the armies, right, for Code One. Yeah, and I think those sure. are doable. You yep. think that is actually doable that size of box? Because my impression yeah, is yeah, they sell. They do sell. Okay, I got the. Yeah. I don't ever hear of anyone we know buying those like collection boxes, which is sort of yeah, a full because, army collection. Yeah, be, because we have all of those models already when they come out, and, and all of our friends <laughs> are already obsessed and just buy them yes. as they come out. Okay, exactly. Okay. So. Uh, so those kind of things are basically the tiers that you would get. Of course, you can't sell the giant bundle of everything when your game just came out or when it's a new game that people aren't dedicated to. But if you're talking about 40k, people are willing to buy giant lots of over like 2,000 points, as in a full army, over a full army, because they there is the idea of the longevity of the game and, and the idea of how big your collection will eventually be, right? So some people will want to buy in fully at the beginning. But in general, I feel like you you kind of match them up because it's like price performance, right? And and not only that, it's that when you're buying secondhand, you compare them to things that you can buy from those companies. Yeah, so if people try to sell, though, let's say five armies in one bundle, they might be going too far? I, I think five different armies well, look, is uh, unlikely to sell as a bundle unless like it's from super the same, discounted. Same faction, but like five potential like Size? if you split it all up you could have five different armies within that same faction they've lumped within one bundle like five two thousand point armies um unless it's a game where well five seems too many yeah for sure uh two is probably good two okay. with one army yeah, i think that's a, a what what the army bundle for infinity is what three two or three so it is it does seem a little bit big but you know, it sells. Um, mm-hmm. And so, obviously, there's also a maximum in terms of price, right? If you're going to sell everything, anything over $300, that's a huge sell, right? So yeah. it has to be a really good deal if it's over $300. Uh, but, and that's, you know, that sounds kind of arbitrary, but it is is one of those things, right? When you're looking at what is the average price that people will generally buy an army for, when they want to get into the game, what is their average buy-in? Then you look at that, right? What is reasonable for people? And then you have to be comparable in a way that gives people extra value when you're when you're selling it secondhand, or just as a value bundle from the actual actual game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're, I do think, yeah, if you're trying to sell more than what anyone would consider buying into an army, you're probably yep. going too far. 
unless you're charging significantly under. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. it, it starts looking at and, – and people don't like spending that much money in one go anyways, especially giving it to a rando on the internet, but even giving it to the actual company, right? Like yeah, how like often do you – I guess for, for War Machine, people drop like 500 bucks, so maybe it's a little bit higher for – not War Machine, sorry, Warhammer. So maybe which, people are more willing or more acclimated to spending more. But again, it's all relative to how much people are used to spending in that kind of market. Yeah, I think of like $300 being like the top line for mm-hmm. a box of like 40 k or even now Infinity's created $300 boxes. So yeah, I think anything beyond that threshold, people are people might mentally be like, whoa, I'm going too far yeah. in all at once. And, and I feel like the $300 boxes are basically from inflation, right? Like just five, five, 10 years ago, it was probably 250 was the max. And you can see that at, at the boxes that GW sells, right? Yep. They were around the 250 price point when you buy them. So something like that makes it, you know, like a lot of these bundles are, are, are sad, some ways sad to say they're impulse buys. So how often are you going to be able to impulse buy a $250 uh, used bin? Like no especially used minis like you, they're, they're not always going to be there right so you, you it almost has to be an impulse buy yep pretty much all right well i guess we have some of our thoughts on that one wait what do you think you yeah, know i, I would took ag- up all the time no i would agree that like the threshold like that the miniature companies set like of their biggest collection they'll sell at once is they they know their own product i don't think you're going to get you're going to be hard pressed to find a buyer to jump in for more than that much money in one shot. So yeah, it does surprise me though that people spend you know five hundred dollars or something on a GW GW half an army. But I guess that's more just about the 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 cost of playing a game of Warhammer forty thousand. Mm-hmm. At least at the least they break product. it down into some yeah. bits. So you're like, okay, I bought yeah. a three hundred dollar box and then two one hundred sixty dollar mm-hmm. boxes. I didn't spend $720. And I I guess also the thing is, like we've talked about before, most people buy those boxes and one box is enough. They don't have to buy the second box because they're never actually going to play the game. Yeah, and selling off more things than anyone can even conceive of having a hope of painting will probably dissuade them too. Like, how will I ever (laughs) paint this collection of like 700 Space Marines and 40 tanks? I will never be able to do this. So it's yeah, I, I, that yeah. I guess that it's starting to become just a complaint about Warhammer 40,000 being too big. So I guess it's time to move on. All right. Uh, so I've got a question that's kind of related. Speaking of, you know, like boxes and bundles, um, you know, for games. And, you know, when you get a new army, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're starting something new or a new project in that game. So what do you think is the worst starter you've seen in a while? The worst one. Mm. One minute. As befitting for such a silly question. <laughs> starter. Oh, my God. From any game. Yeah, anything you've seen. Privacy Press ones. There we go. Mark IV edition. <laughs> There's so many freaking miniatures in those. I'm like, uh-huh. this is too much of a buy-in for people. Like, it's my mindset's really? already there from the previous question. They're trying uh-huh. to sell you too many miniatures in one spot, and uh-huh. you don't feel like you can have much variation in the army. You're not like, oh, okay, here's my like $150 buy-in. I'm not sure if I'm mm-hmm. really going to get into this. 
and then maybe you go expand or you buy two of something else. They're not giving you much choice. It's just they're like, here, you have to put all your money down right off the get-go. So I would say so there's no battle those. box. There's no battle box like they used to have, which you could dip your toe into, try the the, the fun mini game portion before you go to the expand out to the larger one. Yeah, so that comes to mind as like from recent stuff. It's not a good idea. Interesting. Uh, I guess the along the same yeah. line for me would be um, what do you call it? I guess in some ways it's good or some some ways it's bad, but it literally uh, like Warhammer uh, 30k that starter box. It actually is technically a really good value, but when I learned that it was only half an army for a single person, like it's supposed to be two forces to fight each other, but apparently it's only half of an army. I was like, this is I'm, stupid. I'm okay with that because often you have to buy two of the same. You often have to buy more. I know, but there's no, you never get to... shock. there's so many miniatures that's... in that box, and it's half an army. Yep. That is ridiculous. Hey, at least it's half and, an army. That's better than I'm, most I'm 40K actually boxes. cheating because it's actually it's the one that I felt the worst at. I guess technically it's not a bad army because like you're like if you if you balk at the starter set, you will probably balk at the game. Yeah. But it pissed me off so much. It's the first time I, I was actually kind of pissed off when I found out what that starter box actually entails relative to the game. So it's actually more of a, 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 an insult to the game, but uh, I don't know. That's the last time I felt uh, anger at a starter box that I immediately put down and walked away. Mm, my answer is the That's right. I, I was thinking about it. Oh, my God. Well, good. I'm glad something stopped you. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. All right. So... Ooh. Well, whatever. The dice decide how long these questions are, so it doesn't matter what sort of question I ask. It's all up to the mm-hmm. dice how hard our answers have to be. So I was thinking before, just from seeing Kickstarters, about how many miniature-based board games Kickstarters try to push, but then you never see them show up in the mainstream. But I'm like, okay, what what mainstream heavy, like miniature-heavy board game is out there that has actually broken the mainstream? And the one we thought of is Zombicide, because you've got a whole yeah. lot of miniatures, and it's a board game. But I'm wondering, what what let that crack into the mainstream? Wow. These are real deep analysis. Four minutes, so this is the last question. Yeah. Uh, what helped that crack into the mainstream? I think I'll say the obvious one first. Uh, this is one of the first uh, miniature-heavy board games that played almost like a... Yeah, it's basically just like a miniature heavy board game like Descend, except the, the models were a little bit bigger and a little bit chunkier, and I think that probably helped, along with the fact that when it was released, it did hit when zombies were in. Yeah, so that was the only during the pop I, yeah. culture thing, yeah. During that time. Now, uh, and I guess it just carried that momentum forward because zombies are no longer in right now, but I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, that was the only thought I managed to come up with because it's like a it's a game where you roll dice to hit things, so mm-hmm. it's very has a very miniatures based like a miniatures game feel to it. It's not like oh, mm-hmm. it's that doesn't really play anything like a miniatures game. That's why it hits. Like no, you're rolling dice here. This is still like going for a lot of the core components of a miniature game, yep. and you kind of like you don't build armies per se, but you have to choose all the characters that you bring into it. You may not necessarily get all the characters all at once. So there's a little bit of army building aspect to it. So mm-hmm. it, like, it's not swaying super far away from being a miniatures game, 
for something you would still call a board game. But my only thought was just like zombie everything for movies, <laughs> for TV shows were just in the mainstream. Yeah. And people like latched onto it and then they just haven't let it go. They're like, oh yeah, this thing's mainstream. And I, I just... really think the fact that it was it was one of the first ones where they, they, they ratcheted up the miniature quality level up a notch. Yeah. And I, I have to say, even though the zombies I felt were a little bit boring or whatever, but like the quality of the uh, the characters, the actual characters was pretty high. It was like the art and design. It was a high production value board game mm-hmm. with big chunky miniatures. And when you look at that time, like now, like big chunky miniatures uh, in board games are, are are ubiquitous. They're everywhere. Anytime you can shove in nice miniatures, people do it, right? So they can charge extra money. But Back when Zombicide came out, that was when you, you could almost think that, like, meeples and standees were so much more common. Does anyone even remember meeples? Do you remember when meeples was the normal way to, like, have a guy on a space? Just a little yeah. wooden token? That might be our bias. We only we gravitate that towards board now? games. No, we just gravitate to board games with miniatures in them. Like, oh, meeples. No, it's like, not. It's no? not. No. I don't know. I like meeples, actually. Meeples are just not as common anymore because you can upsell people. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. I I think you're probably correct in that there's there's a lot of people that would enjoy the meeples and the look of meeples as opposed to plastic miniatures uh, just because of the the aesthetic, right? And there's certain games, of course, that still do meeples and stuff like that, right? But they're not nearly as common as they, they were before just because... Uh, just like Warhammer 40,000, you don't have to sell to everyone. You just have to sell to people who are willing to drop $500 to play your game. Yeah, I guess Zombicide people <laughs> keep buying new versions of it. But. Oh my god, is it just the same 1 million people in the world? I don't know, not 1 million people. Sorry, this is the amount of money. There's the same like 20,000 people in the world just buying the new Zombicide. And if you go into their board game shelf, it's just row upon row upon row of Zombicide games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I don't know entirely what, like, the average board gamer bias. I just picture them not getting, like, miniature heavy board games other than that one. I just have a bias because the stories I go into with board games are miniature stories, too. So they yeah. happen to have the miniatures board games there. But I just, when I think of board gamers, I don't think of them playing miniature-based board games usually. Uh, so you're correct somewhat in in that... The, in that there's a bunch of board games without, like, without without that miniature gameplay, like Zombie Side. I don't think Zombie Side is very popular at board game nights or in, play, in places people that are really into the board game board game portions because it's a lot more RPG like, a lot more miniature game like. But uh, but there's a lot of them, even even outside of Zombie Side like games. There's just a lot of miniatures. They're they've replaced meeples basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. And also, like, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, I, just, I ignore the games that have meeples. So I'm like, ooh, a box with mitras in it. <laughs> so I'm, I have a huge bias on this one, so can't yeah. comment that much. All right. Well, that has been this episode of D6 Minutes. Uh, if you have any questions you want us to answer in a future uh, uh, episode, give us a shout. You can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Or find us on Facebook, where Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye.